Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, thanks so much for joining. We've got a great, great time ahead of us with a good friend of mine. His name is Alec Hansen. He is a masterful mortgage professional. I've known him for a lot of years. His, his family's in the mortgage business. He's crushing it. Alec, welcome to the studio. Good to have you Dude, here. the studio is next level. <laughs> I know, right? This is next level, man. I'm trying to keep up with you. No, bro, I'm like walking in here like, okay, I got to take notes. What do I need to do to continue to up my game? Because this is awesome. Oh, I, well, you know what? It's it's great to have it. And it's great for you to be here. This is uh, this is the remodel. You're the first guy here. Yes. And yet, I think this is going to be the best uh, content. I've heard in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, thanks for breakthrough two weeks ago. Tell that me was ab- super fun. Tell me about the event now that you had a couple of weeks to kind of revel in the the afterglow. You know, it was one of those things that, you know, it's really, you got to give Chris Medina a lot of credit because he came to me and said, hey, I want to do one of these things. Yeah. He went to one who was inspired by our, our friend, Neil Dingra. And he's like, I want to do one of these things. And, and the COVID situation, he's like, I want to get face to face, man. I want to get together and talk about new problems with new solutions and get professionals in the room. And I don't want it to be a recruit fest. And I don't want it to be, and I was like, this is, I'm in. Yeah. Like, that's enough said. Like our threat as local professionals, in my opinion, is not other local professionals. And that's a whole conversation. <laughs> so I was like, let's get together. Let's collaborate. Like, let's have conversations. Um, and then, you know, he he wanted you on stage. So that, that's probably why he brought me in. He's like, do you know Todd? Can you, know can Todd? you ask Todd? Yes, Todd. Kind of deal with him. Yeah, can, can you, <laughs> you get Todd? I'm like, as long as let me speak, I'll, I'll help get Todd. So yeah, no, it's it just, it was super fun. And it was so great to be with people again, man. Yeah, it really was, really was. And the setup was unbelievable. It was very intimate. I loved how you you had it. It was, uh, it was lean and mean, 100, 100 professionals. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you crushed it. So I didn't get to hear your remarks because I landed kind of that's mid-morning. Right. So yeah. give us a thumbnail sketch. What did you talk about a breakthrough in the first 45 minutes? I yelled at everybody. Did you? What did you say? <laughs> well, yell, yell. <laughs> I just, I wanted to set the tone of the conversation because there are so many different, um, oh, okay. It was a tale of two narratives. That was my whole thing. Tale of two narratives. Tale of two narratives. And, and there's this concept that I've really been enjoying called the narrative gap, which is just this idea that when things are outside of our general life, we make up stories about them. And, and, you know, the simplest narrative gap example is, you know, if you don't see your boss all day, you kind of wonder what they're doing. Right. Are they working? Yeah. And, and by the way, if I don't have my assistant in my office with me, what, what, is, what is he doing all day long? I don't know. I make up a story. And then throughout the day, I might bump into that person online or digital or see emails, and then it kind of reinforces my story or change. So this narrative gap is this. And the tale of two narratives really comes back to that first commercial that came out in 2016 that said, push button, get mortgage. And and that Shocking. that for me is is one of the one of the most best examples of this kind of narrative number one, right? Which really is, it didn't say push button, talk to a professional, get wisdom, get advice. consultative advice, and make it and get a mortgage. It just said you know push the button, and get a mortgage, and and I think that narrative has been reinforced with billions of dollars over the last few years. In, in, yeah, yeah. And so in the minds of customers, there's a narrative being told. There's a story, and the other narrative which I was challenging the team on, which is this humans matter, wisdom matters, consultative advice matters. Who's telling that narrative to our customers and our referral partners right. and our realtors? Because uh, so I, us old school loan officers, we always joked that the internet lender, the, the rocket, the quick in was toilet paper. The prequal was garbage. <laughs> no one used it. And we would laugh. Yeah, we'd laugh. <laughs> oh, the realtors ripped that up. You know, they rip it up. It's confetti. Right. And then you start pulling market share data and you go, hmm. someone's not ripping it up anymore. Right. It's interesting. Why is that happening? And I think it's part of this conversation of what this narrative is 
convincing consumers, maybe even convincing the real real estate community, um, and and changing kind of consumer behavior to a degree. And then you've got the internet and social right. and all these other things that are kind of coming in and and new places people are playing. And so I just really wanted to challenge the group in the morning when they listen to all these great speakers coming and giving their thoughts on who's really telling their story to their customers. And and this is where I, I said I yelled at everybody, I got aggressive because. Alec Hansen, aggressive? Well, yeah. <laughs> Someone said to me that I was uh, uh, aggressively, what was it? Uh, my aggressive positivity or something. I don't know. I'll that. take it. Um, Jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I go, okay. But it was just this, this conversation of um, if we're not telling our story, who is? And somebody's telling a story to our customers. Who is it? Who is it? Yeah. And we can see who it is. We just yeah. got to look around and start putting the puzzle pieces together. And so where I yelled at everybody a little bit or got a little more intense was we like to say we're relational as local mortgage professionals. It's our thing. We're relational. I care about you. And then we do a loan for somebody and we never talk to them again. And I go, that's not relational. That's the worst thing ever. We, we lose people's contact information and, and don't maintain our databases. We, we, God forbid, we put them on a drip campaign email. We send them spam. Auto marketing. We send them spam. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are we doing? And, and so it just, it was, I was hoping everybody got a little bit of a wake up call, a, a little bit of like a, oh yeah, this, this actually should matter. I got to figure this out. I got to pay attention. There is so much that should be challenged right now. Oh, there everything. is so much that should be challenged. And we're, we're sitting here doing what we've always done to try and get what we've never got and <laughs> that we actually need more now than ever. And the narrative piece is just, it's unbelievable yeah. because um, people, I think, end up not only telling a, a different story, but then they start to believe it. And yep. they start to believe that push button, get mortgage, you know, is the way of the future. And what we talked about there was high tech and high trust and yeah. how the whole thing kind of blends together. But I'm just, I'm surprised in a world in which the purchase of a home, the financing of a home, biggest deal anybody's ever going to do. I'm surprised why that's so true that we don't connect and why we don't really, really know the needs of our clients. And and it's no wonder we don't stay in touch. I know. Because it was lucky that we, I mean, I don't want to say lucky that we closed alone, lucky it got approved. That probably happens a little bit still, but it was a remarkable experience that somebody went through, good or bad. And why don't we just lock onto that? It's well, and crazy. We know, we know how to, because when you look at our relationships with our referral partners, they're damn good, especially the best loan officers out there. They're amazing. They're real relationships. Not so good for the lowest ranking loan no, officers. No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's why we had to qualify it a little <laughs> we bit. Gotta, we got to figure that one out. But like when you look at the top loan officers, they have real, authentic, deep relationships with their partners. Correct. So Friends. We, Friends. They, so they know how to yeah. do it. Yeah. They know how to do it. And then you, you go, well, then here's this customer. And they're like, well, no. <laughs> like, what? What? Where's the disconnect? I don't know. I don't know. But it's one and done. And it's, uh, you know, it's so, it's so interesting because it's like we know the referral networks can be strong. We know that, that, that how you treat one borrower is going to be how you might be able to treat 10 or 15 or 20 additional borrowers with that person's referral. And we don't do it. And then we get into these stupid behaviors. Like I remember at Breakthrough and I said to everybody, I said, stop sending stupid closing gifts. And you were in the back of the room and you went, yes. It's my biggest, it's one of my thing thought. And I'm, I'm sure that I got this from you over the, because you've been, you've been pounding people in the face with God. this. And they still send cutting boards with their name on it. And I'm right. like, how egocentric are we? Do they even cook food? Like you don't even know what's going on. And we just send them a picture. It's like, I equate it to sending them a picture of yourself after the closing. Just do that instead. Yeah, Here's yeah, a picture yeah. of me in a frame. Found you're my you're chest. welcome. Yeah, yeah, thank that, you very much. That's just the same thing that you're call doing. Call me next time. I'm not going to call you or follow me. Unbelievable. Here's a photo me of me to put time. on your wall about how great I am. 
Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So the other thing I want to say about narratives is we just released a, a, a video blog and the narrative video was entitled Bad Tapes Are Bad. So mm-hmm. that's a narrative right here. So as a senior leader in your company and, and understanding both the consumer direct model and the retail model, what are you what are you thinking today about what narratives LOs are telling themselves mm. about the future? I know you're really big on here we are now. Yeah. Here's where I think we're going and here's what you need to do next. I want you to go off on that because I think there's very few people that have I think a, a vision and a perspective of what is next and and what do we need to do now in transition. Yeah, it's it, so it's so funny. I I think I'm one of the, you know, the the mortgage crisis detonated a large percentage of my people in the industry, like my age group. They just didn't make it. They just, just disappeared. You know, I, I was 23 in 2003 when we had a gigantic refi boom. Right. People don't remember this because we're short sighted, but gigantic refi boom. And my boss was like, you'll get eight business cards from realtors before you come back to the office. And I was like, okay, well, that must be what you do. And I came into the office at 8.15 and no one was there. And I go, this is weird. <laughs> And, and then I'd come, and then they start showing up around 10, and then around 3, they'd all leave again. And at about 5, I'd close the office down because I was I thought you worked a full day. Right. That was how I was raised. You work a full day. Yeah. And so I was just shocked learning later that everyone was just churning refis, and I was out meeting realtors. And so I, I think I'm one of the last loan officers that, like, I stacked a loan file. I, I know what that means. Like, right. echoed it down. What is that? People, yeah, if you're like stacking, stacking order, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> echo. And like, I, so I did all that stuff. And then, you know, now we introduced this new digital age and, and, and whatever that means. So I've seen a lot in a short period of time, 18 years, I've, a, a lot of changes happened. We went through a giant industry insanity. And now we face the same thing, but different. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. It's the same thing. Relationships are core parts of, of what matters. We've almost forgotten that. We've misinterpreted social media and usually don't understand it and use it as a place to humble brag versus a place to be a great, authentic human being and build relationships. And we've just, we just don't get it. We think we need to be influencers versus real human connectors to make our business successful. We just don't, we, we're, we're, we're trying so hard to figure it out. And while we're doing that, customers are just going online. They're going to the internet. They're getting swept up on lead aggregators. They're getting turned into the machines. And they're closing loans with these companies. And everyone that wants to talk crap on those companies is making a huge mistake because they're getting at-bats and they're getting better. Right. It's so arrogant to think these companies aren't going to get better. Of course they're going to get better. They're going to learn new things. They're going to learn what's working, what's not working. Their salespeople are going to improve. Of course. So the competition is going to keep getting better. Yeah, for that. And then, you know, I think the, I don't know, I think the greatest injustice or I guess Band-Aid that, you know, COVID hits because 2018, I thought it was really going to happen. Yep. I thought it was going to it was going to be the reckoning, you know. It, post the mortgage collapse, all these smaller mortgage independent companies stood up. Some have done great, some have done okay, and they're walking around like they've just conquered it. And I go, they don't know what's coming. There's going to be a reckoning when the, the 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 tide goes out. And then it was happening in 2018. Stearns had gone bankrupt. There'd been all these companies going under. Like the implodometer was turning back on. Right. Remember that? It was coming. It was yep. happening. I'm like, this is it. Margin compression was like the big word. And now, fast forward, we're, we're literally there again. But, you know, COVID came in and just saved everybody's ass because loans fell from the heavens. So I didn't need to be good anymore. I should answer my phone. And we, we lost so many skills that we could have been developing. Yep. 
And you've been, you know, an icon just just ringing the bell, reminding people what to stay true to. And the people that have done it in your program and in your in your in your coaching, you can see their success because they just they're becoming monsters, which is amazing. But there's just a whole group of loan officers out there, mortgage professionals, that are just gonna get woken Wham. up. Yeah. Woken up. Good term. Good term. You know, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea that all these all these mortgage companies that came through the blessing of 2000. It's interesting, you know, the the curse and the blessing, the blessing and the curse. COVID hits. <laughs> blah 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 blah. And they made more money than they've made in years, if not since the inception of their company. And now Q1 looks like it's going to be one of the biggest loss quarters. Mm-hmm. And even Q4 last year was a big loss quarter. And and so people are having to migrate back to what we what we know works and then you have the added layer of of the digital competition how do we take um how do we take digital and how do we take humanity and blend those two things together in your mind because your company mm, yeah. is huge in digital and huge in yeah. retail what are you seeing and what would you recommend how do we do that in a digital society that is falsely relying too much on digital for the connection well let, let me give you a perspective yeah. and i don't know if this isn't God's will, but this is this is something that I think I see that I think is accurate. So in the glory days, we would beg customers, please don't go and look at houses until you get approved. <laughs> Sounds weird. Right. Everyone out there like, what do you mean? Please don't. And and then what would they do? They would go look at houses before they got approved. And then the realtor would make it work. Yep. I mean, it was like, oh my God, that, why? Just have them call me first. And then you wouldn't have done this to me. Consumer behavior now that they have access to all of knowledge in their pocket and they don't need a realtor anymore to go look for homes for for sale, they're doing what they've always done, which is they go out and they fall in love and they look at houses and then they go, can I afford this? And because they're doing all that on their phone or their computer, when they go to the, how can I afford this thing? Instead of looking to the realtor and saying, who should I talk to to see if I can afford this? They push a button. It's all digital. They push a button and they go, I wonder if I can afford this. And now the machine has them. And now they're getting a call every single day by four lenders. And now they're getting information. Whether it's good, bad, they're getting something. Yeah. And so it's almost like the sales funnel went up a level for a lot of humans in America. And so now all of a sudden, the these giant internet lenders, you know, it's like, in my opinion, they were in the right place at the right time. You look at like Lone Depot, you especially look at like a rocket or a Quicken. They were existing in this space that really wasn't built used. Yep. It wasn't built yet. People weren't able to search for homes. They weren't able to push buttons. They weren't able to do any of that stuff. We had Blackberries and Nokia phones with snake on it. Like, what are we talking about? Thomas guides to figure out how to get around. That's for real. Like, I, I was so lucky. I had actually, I printed out MapQuest one pagers to find out how to get to open house to open house. Right. Thank God, because the Thomas guide, I was like, that looks terrible. So I just printed on MapQuest from this house to this house, and then I had another one. <laughs> and there's people right now going, what what's was, MapQuest? What was yeah. MapQuest? <laughs> you mean Google? Yeah. So, you know, you, you look at human behavior and I go, I don't think it changed. I think they just got more access to different things. And so they kept doing what they've always been doing. Right. And so with the, if the sales cycle, in, in my perspective, if you agree with it, that it's gone up a little bit and changed. Now that means when they get into finally working with a real estate professional, because they need to write an offer, they want to find an off-market property, thousands of reasons, they need a professional. Now that professional is going, well, you got my Alex, my trusted loan guy. And they go, well, that's cool. But I've got an approval from XYZ, and they go, well, that's kind of interesting, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but I'll talk to Alec. And when they get down to local people, now now we're on the defense. Right. Because whether we like it or not, every loan officer I talk to, the customers are coming in with quotes. Easy. Well, not even just quotes. Sometimes full underwritten approvals. Right. So now we're defensive. we got to figure out how to communicate that maybe that's not the strongest deal or the not the best deal. Um, 
but if the rate's really good, now we're in this weird, you know, but my service level's so high and you know, it's credible. It's a it's a very uncomfortable place to be as a professional because your story, your narrative hasn't been told yet, and now you're on the on your heels. And so I think that's a little bit of what we're facing in terms of consumer behavior and how do we deal with that and how do we position ourselves. And it's an interesting problem to be facing. Because if if you have to ask me in my heart, in my heart, I believe a thousand percent that the local mortgage professional who is invested in their community, who has spent time mastering their craft, who knows the down payment programs and the assistance programs and the city bonds and knows reno loans and VA loans and just has that depth of experience yeah. is the right consultative person to talk to. I really believe it. Not the person who, and this isn't the crap on new people in the business. I was new. We all were. We all were new. Right. So, but this, you'll love this. So I, I put this on the screen. I had a, a, a dim sum delicious little dim sum and a 24-hour fitness logo. I said, what do these two things have in common? And they go, oh, I don't know. And I go, well, do you know that the NMLS information on loan officers is all public? You can go see their past history. Right. And like so there's- they a, did six months ago. <laughs> yeah, there's a very well-known internet lender who's been in the news and had some issues. And, you know, they've hired, they have to have licensed loan officers though. Even though they say on their website that licensed loan officers rip you off and they're, they're literally- we never, it's, wow. it's, it's, and they're a, they're a $5 billion market cap. They're, they're, they've been losing money, but they're getting lots of investments. So I, I got a, an LE thrown at me from a loan officer and said, you know, we suck. Our price is terrible. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's unpack this. I get the LE, I look up the loan officer and last month he was a dim sum baker. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Self-reported. All right. Now, I don't know if he's given the customer dim sum and a loan, but like, and then had another one come card. through. I had another one come through where he was a um, junior fitness instructor at 24 Hour Fitness before, before he was now a mortgage licensed professional. Mortgage, mortgage professional. <laughs> this isn't the crap on people being new in the industry. Like, that's, no. that's you got to come in and, and learn your trade. But when you're stacking, ranking a, a seasoned mortgage professional versus this person, they have different characteristics. But again, the consumer is not really seeing that. They don't understand that. They see a they see a brand, they see a logo, they see a commercial they're connected to, and they go, "Well, it must be good, it must be the right thing." This is literally the the problem we're facing in this new world, and it's it's hysterical. It's hysterical, but it's, it's real. I know it's super real. We have a uh, a guy that's in our lead group, and he texted me like three weeks ago. He said, "You're not going to believe how easy this deal was." And I said, "What do you mean?" And and they were talking about one of those yeah, other, yeah. other companies well, they're out there. And so he looked him up, and he said, "So this is just a question I want to throw you away. Do you want to do you want to have somebody advise you on your mortgage that has 20 years experience, or do you want to have somebody advise you on your mortgage that six months ago was walking dogs?" Yeah. <laughs> and the borrower goes, "What? No, no. The the guy you're talking to that you have yeah. that le from." Yeah. Walking dogs six months ago. But if you're not if you're not if you're not digging in, right? If you're not a real professional looking up stuff, having right. information, understanding resources, then you can't. You're not having that conversation with the customer, right? You're just going to your boss saying my rates suck. Like, well, maybe. It's it's fascinating. So, what are you doing about it as a leader? Because the the, yeah. the handsome family is a mortgage family, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah, your 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 dad's probably one of the the top five guys that's in my mortgage hall of fame. Oh, the best. You know, it's just starting off of that. But uh, so, what do you tell people today to do? Because you because you do have this idea of like like it does. It's not a tsunami yet. The digital world is not overtaking the retail world, but the market share is getting hit month after month after month. How yeah. do you how do you instruct retail people to build a future? in retail with knowledge and wisdom as their main value prop? I, I think it's recognizing that 
the landscape has been changing and it's not going to, um, every time I get on this rant, and that's why I'll start with my preface first, you know, people think that somehow I'm devaluing a realtor's con contribution and it's just, that's not, not true. true. Yeah. They're the best. So my, these, my realtors changed my life forever. Yeah. So I, they're, they're my people. Um, there's some people out there in real estate that I think should leave and same in lending. So, you know, exactly. all good. Right. But with this landscape that we've been chatting about and this new funnel, so to speak, and this new place where people are getting information and hanging out and listening and learning things and, and applying for loans, I think the local mortgage professional is, is failing themselves in not understanding how to play there too. Because hmm. it's not like they're, we can't run Super Bowl ads. I get it. Not, you know, Johnny Loan Officer can't run a Super Bowl ad. But Johnny Loan Officer can hang out with his community. And he right. can have a, a voice sharing a narrative with his community. He can be connected digitally and physically. They're both powerful places. They're both places where people are transacting, building relationships. Yep. I mean, I met some people through COVID strictly digitally. And I sat there one day, we were just joking around, and he's like, you know, we never met in person. I go, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he goes, and I thought about it. And I go, you're wow. right. We've never met in person. But we have a huge connection and a bond and a relationship, and we've never physically met. Um, so you go, okay, maybe there's something in that conversation that we got to figure out. And this comes down to my co like comment earlier about misunderstanding social media. It, it, it is such a toxic place if you have the wrong frame of it. It is. 100%. And people are, are disgusted by it. And I know why. Because when you look at it in certain, with a certain lens on, you go, this is kind of gross. It's a lot of self-promotion. It's a lot of fake influencing, a lot of the Instagram life we call it, right? The perfect life. Like nothing's ever, you know, you didn't just, you just fought with your wife and now you're posting, you know, it, it has all that toxicity to it. Um, but people have always been kind of toxic. I mean, when you hang out with someone at a networking event, you know, they're putting on a face. They're not showing me the real you because we don't really know each other yet. All right. So there's, there's that kind of hidden world. Um, but then when you realize, at least when I realize that people and humans are crave, we crave connection. We crave validation. We crave authenticity. We, we crave, you know, human connection. Um, and you start wondering, could it, could it happen in these places too? Yeah, yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, one of the biggest things I coach directly into for my own team is this, con is, this, is this conversation around ICE. And ICE means identify, connect, and engage. And so, and it's a social media strategy. It has nothing to do with making videos. Nothing to do with putting your own narrative out. Nothing. No. It means who are the people that you want to be connected with? That's the identify process. And, and just as a simple example, probably your past customers and most likely all the realtors around you. Good, bad, simple. just because yeah. you might be doing loans with them. You might right. be in, in a transaction with them. So identify it's pretty easy. And you can extend that to financial planners and divorce attorneys and entrepreneurs in your city and et cetera. You can expand it. Okay, so I want you to spend five minutes a day finding those people on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, just those big three. And I want you to connect with them. Send them a friend request. Send them a, a follow them on Instagram and, and send them a request on LinkedIn. Just five people a day. And then I want you to spend the next 10 to 15 minutes authentically engaging in their con in their in whatever they're posting about. So, you know, the past customer that posts a picture of their kids scoring a soccer goal, give them a high five online. All right. The the person who says something about their food was delicious at so-and-so restaurant, you know, hey, I I I love that food. I'd love to check it out. Something real, like a real thing, not like a fake comment and a, an emoji and bullshit, because that's no one cares. Right. That alone 
I call it being a good human being. That alone builds so much credibility and connection with somebody that you saw them for a second, that you took a second out of your busy day to give them an actual attaboy on this digital space. That lands for people. They feel it. They do. Yeah. And so, and you haven't even posted a video about how good you are as a loan officer or any of that crap yet. You just said, you know, I see you, you're doing cool stuff. Um, I learned this from my dad who told me the story about the Wizard of Oz. Have you heard the story from him? I think I have, but go for it. What was the, what was the wizard's I, I superpower? What was his actual power? See, because everyone thinks the wizard's a fraud. Right. He's hiding behind the curtain. He, he's, a, he's a charlatan. He doesn't have any power. power at all. You know, and they're coming to him thinking he's going to somehow bestow on them the things they're looking for, the, the courage and the way home and the heart and the brain. When he has none of that. When he has none of that. But, but my dad goes, you're wrong. And I go, he, he, he has a huge power. And I go, what's his power? And he goes, validation. He told them they already had it. And he saw it in them. And he recognized it in them. And he gave them the medal to reward it because you already have it. And I was like, dude, you're, son of a, you're so right. <laughs> like, you're right. Because we just, we create, so, so if you look at how we hang out with humans on the internet and we just talk about ourselves so much and, and, it's, and it's such a waste of breath that if you just take five minutes to tell somebody else they're doing good in life, I mean... Maybe you build a real relationship. It's so fascinating to me because when we were together in in Phoenix, we talked about this idea of of stop promoting. Yeah, you know, turn down the promotion, turn up the emotion. And I think every speaker you had on stage that had something to do with how to nail digital, it was a big learning lesson for all of them when they went from promotion to emotion and the connection value and the human value and all that went up. So I don't know why it is that there's this need. And I think we've been guilty of, I've been guilty of it in oh. terms of over promoting. Oh, and I've done the same thing. People don't want that. They want to feel that you hear them, that you see them, that you, that you love them. And, and even if it's just a thumbs up or even just that, I, I don't think people understand this yet. And I think it's, I think we're nearing a level of digital interruption that is scary, negative, scary for the person who who thrives on connection. And the interesting thing about connection is that when you connect naturally, people want to do business together. And yeah. so the the metric that everybody measures is like who says yes and and how many of those fund and blah, 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 blah. But very few people realize that the thing that makes that work probably has nothing to do with what the interest rate is, how much it's going to cost. It's about connection. Yep. We had this guy the other day that asked a husband and wife, um, what would it mean to you to own a home? Yeah. And it was just one question. And this husband and wife started crying and it was like they would be the first couple in the lineage of their family to get a home. Not alone, a home. And it was just – that's all he had to do. He asked one question and they trusted him. How do we get that message out? It's not about how much you say. It's not about how much you talk. It's not about how much you promote. It's about like yeah. let's look each other in the eyes. And Dude, it's – I was just thinking about your question, your comment, and I think it has more to do with our frame and what's in here than, you know, trying to, so I love this quote. I can't remember who said it. I, I wish I could look it up, but it's been, Google doesn't help me. <laughs> At best, you are an extra in the movie of somebody else's life. Wow. I love, I, so I, I say that all the time to everybody because, you know, you think about how we view our lives and we're yeah. walking around. And we are the action star of our own life. Right. We, we can't help it. It's our lens. It's our lens. Right. We only have this. We only see, this is it. So of course, like everything is about, you know, but then you take those goggles off a little bit. And I think that if we learn how to, how to get in that perspective, get in that frame, uh, all of our messaging hits better. Yeah. If we just 
put on the right glasses for a minute and say, hold on a second. Who, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Who, who am I talking to? Oh, man, I think that is what separates the great communicators and the great relationship builders from those who are just out there talking about themselves. So is that empathy? I think that's definitely part of the game is yeah. understanding somebody else's viewpoint. I think it's more, I think it's just also getting off our own ego. Yeah. Just stop for one freaking, if I see one more person posted <laughs> on Yelp review, I'm going to lose my mind. Like stop with your own uh, Yelp reviews. Like no one cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's like, I want to take how to win friends, influence people and just hit people in the face with that book. Cause it's like, I asked him, I go, okay, go to this. <laughs> let's just, let's just frame this up. Todd. Let's go to a networking event together. Okay. We all know that in a networking event, you don't talk about yourself. Right. We know this. You ask questions about somebody else. You use their name. You do your best to learn what they're into, what they're interested in. And you just, if they're going to ask you questions, then you can talk. But you never lead with, you know, let me tell you about what I do for a living. Yeah. Everyone would be like, that's taboo. It's inappropriate. You're boring. And yet on social, that's exactly what we do. 100%. We jump on that platform and we're just like, here I am. No one cares. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And it's a massive networking event. It is literally a networking event all day long. Bigger than a normal networking and event. And it's the and worst. Counting our chest. And it's the worst. And again, that's why people are like, this is garbage. I don't like this. This is trash. And I'm like, I think you, if we reframe it, you're going to realize this is a cool new place. Because the combo of it, this, this is where I, I get so digital that people forget. Like the combo of digital local is insane. Yeah. Local's not gone. Like I know COVID made things weird. But like, we still like to go to bars with each other. We go to restaurants. We're at kids' soccer games. We're at, you know, we're, we're in community with churches right. and charities. Man, those things are still so important. They're cornerstones of our lives. I mean, right. we were all depressed not being able to do it in COVID. Like it's been a big, it's been an issue. So now that you have this digital and local, you realize, oh, they're kind of the same. They're kind of have, they have similarities. They have the same traps. They have the same opportunities. And we need to be in both as great local professionals to have the levels of success I think we're capable of. Yeah, 100%. So as we as we kind of turn the corner here, I just I wanted to uh, I wanted to have everybody begin to understand that um, the most valuable thing I think that people want is relatability. They want to be able to they want to be able to to ultimately get to a point of safety where they can be vulnerable and disclose and and um, and and have you care. And uh, you know, we did a Hytro Sales Academy two months ago in Dallas and it was just, it was really remarkable because we were talking about, you know, what is your story and mm -hmm. what part of it do you love and what part of it, if you had a chance to rewrite it, would you rewrite? And then what is your contract with yourself? And I challenged everybody over three and a half days to come up with personal contracts. And I got, I don't know, I probably got 20 or 30 that had to do with some kind of addiction that they were involved mm -hmm. in that they wanted to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing is in direct messaging and just conversing with these people, like today, I took a picture from my desk of a two-page letter written to me by one of the persons in the group. And I texted it to her and I said, my hope and prayer for you today is that you're living this out. And it was just that kind yep. of simple thing. And then another gal decided that she wanted to, um, she wanted to, to, this is crazy, but we all have it, right? She wanted to quit smoking pot. Yeah, sure. And she's been in the business for 30 years yeah. and no judgment whatsoever, but she wanted it, right? And so I gave her a little nudge today. I said, how's your personal contract doing? And she, first thing she said is, thank you so much for caring. 
You know, and it was that simple. It wasn't like yep. I'm going to brag on or anything like that. And I think we we have to get intimate with people. We have to we have to understand their intimacy. That we have to give them permission to share their fear and to share their doubt, and to be safe doing it. And I don't think I even think this is a leadership lesson. You yeah. know, how do you how do you give people the safety of looking in the eye and saying, "Boss, I'm feeling vulnerable about this," I'm, or "I'm feeling under-equipped here. Can you help me?" So we've been talking about relationship. We're going to finish in five or six minutes or so. Yeah. What do you do as a leader? For for the people on your team, and what do you tell the guys or, that work with you, guys and gals? How do you tell them to lead today? What is what are you doing? You be vulnerable first. Yeah. You got to go. In, you got to be first in the breach. You know. <laughs> right. You, you want you want real connection with other customers, consultants, friends, family. Then you got you lead. You step in it first, and and you put your vulnerability out there first, and then you invite them in to, to join you in it. And if they're not ready for that or they're not comfortable with that, it's fine. They're going to still respect it and acknowledge it. They don't need to start, you know, diving into their biggest problems too. So what might that sound like right now? Well, let me get really tactical high level. Loan officers should be on video. They should be sharing themselves on video. That's a lot of vulnerability there. Right. I don't like what I look like. I don't like what I sound like. I I have insecurities. I'm like, people are going to think I'm stupid. I'm going to say the wrong thing. You're going to judge me. Wow. And so a great leader goes, I'm going to go on video scares the death. And, and, and I'm going to see what the hell happens. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be right there with you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to come back to you and we're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to come with me. We're going to go, we're going to go together. That's really high level, simple little thing. But you're in the battle. But you're in the space. And, and so, and, and like, and so this is one of the thing where, where people, um, it, it doesn't take massive, I don't need your deepest, darkest sin. Right. But great example, you just laid it out so perfectly. People connect with other humans on shared interest. We all know this. Yeah. If you like a certain sports team and I like a sports team, we got a connection. Pretty high level connection, but we're still there. Yep. Okay. So if I decide I'm going to make a video about debt to income ratio, um, like every other loan officer in the world. Has done or it, wants to do. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. But if I make a video about my English bulldog and somebody else has an English bulldog and they realize that English bulldog owners are kind of weird and we buy weird dogs, we're immediately connected. And so if my dog's in the, in, the, in the message with me, I'm showing a little bit of vulnerability. I'm showing you into my life. I have this kind of fat, weird dog. And someone goes, well, I have that fat, weird dog, and I like you now. And again, it, it doesn't need to be the deepest, darkest sin, but it can be your own personality shining through. Great, great message here. There's, if you have two loan officers and one went through the credit crisis and lost their homes, they overleveraged, which we have loan officers that did right, this. Right. Humans did it. Right. So they overleveraged. And they're embarrassed about it. They don't talk about it. It's not part of their story. They shut it off. And then you get loan officer B who embraces that part of their story, who's embarrassed, who, but, but who leads with that vulnerability and says, I made a mistake in my life over leveraging. Right now in this insanity, I want to talk about what, what that means today for you. Versus the other person could say the same thing. You shouldn't get over leveraged. But guess who we're going to connect with? The, the vulnerable one. Right. The vulnerable one who stepped forward and said, this was my life experience. This is how I can share this with you. Th these are examples of where vulnerability wins in human relationship building. Well, vulnerability is the most attractive thing that there is because you can identify with the person saying it. It's just like, and, but you've got to be, you got to be, I think people have to be safe with vulnerability. They yeah, have, that's right. They, they have to understand that it's, it's okay. 
to not do something right. Like, like this post I put out yesterday, it was like, um, it's not about the mistakes you make, it's how the mistakes make you. Totally. Right? And so like if I've had cancer and you haven't, but you have cancer and you wanna talk to somebody that knows the experience, then yep. I'm a good guy for you. If you right. if you have a challenge with your son and alcohol and and I've never had a, a kid with, right. you know, I'm gonna care about you, but I can't identify with you. Right. But if but if you say, you know what, I've been there, I went through it, so on and so forth, That that to me is, that's if, how do we drop a mic on a podcast? Because <laughs> that, well, that's it. it, it it's if like more being people, safe. If more loan officers would wake up and realize their story is their superpower. Yeah. First generation immigrant learned English myself. Superpower. Superpower. Story is your superpower. It is. And Alec Hansen goes like this. <laughs> it is. It, it's your superpower. It's it's what's going to connect other people. Like yeah. so, I'm a I'm a huge Marvel dork. <laughs> but but the reason I'm a Marvel dork is is it, what? So so here's the story, right? So this is why this is relevant. My sister is smarter than me. I as, know that. I know that. By as way. you know, personally, <laughs> and so is your yes. dad. <laughs> she's the smartest Hanson by far, and she's younger. And so, growing up, we used to get into little quibbles as kids do. Yeah. Well, when they're smarter than you, they can quickly one up you in any type of fight or verbal argument you're having. And so, I would resort to physical violence because I was a bigger <laughs> kid. I was a boy. It's all I had. Right. We we would try to like spar, and then she just cut me down, and then I push her, and then I get grounded. So I would get grounded all the time because we were we were passionate children. And no screens, no TV, no computer. I had a chest in my room of my dad's original comics. That's all I had. Wow. So I would read the original comics. that He had the, he had the number ones of all these comics. And I would go through them. And I, and I just fell in love with these stories that my dad grew up buying and, le- and reading. And so now you can imagine as the Marvel Cinematic Universe comes to theaters, and you can see these people that I, I was in pages when I was a Four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old reading these things, and now I'm watching it on the TV with my dad. So when when I collect Captain America's shield and I have his shield on my <laughs> wall, people are like, "That's kind of weird." And I go, "But when you hear the story, you'll understand that it's not weird. It's just something that is deeply personal to me, from a lifelong experience with my dad." And so when I talk about Marvel to other Marvel people, then they, and they and they get Marvel, we have an instant connection. Yeah. So yeah, I'm being vulnerable because people could be like, "You're such a dork." Like what a nerd! You have you have collectibles on your wall, and 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 I could, and, but I'm like, yeah, that's part of my story now. That's what that's my story. Not only are they collectibles, but you use them in video production. And yeah, they're replicas. Yeah. They're like real action. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, oh, you can actually use that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. It's a different problem. But that's my point. Like it, that's the that vulnerability connects creates connection. They see it and they go, I, I I'm I'm a nerd too. Yeah, I'm safe here. Yeah, I can yeah. I can talk about being nerdy. I love it. Tell me your story. Because if I know your story, then I can connect. That's right. And if I don't, great. All right. So biggest lesson you've ever learned. <laughs> That's how we're going to end this thing. Biggest lesson you've ever learned that you'd like maybe to have learned faster or less painfully. Consistency is the only way I know to build real trust with other people. 100%. And so if you're a loan officer out there and you're trying to build relationships with realtors and you're hitting every brick wall... And, and you can't get in the door and you're feeling frustrated. I was coaching a bunch of loan officers today and they're like, my preview hasn't opened up. I can't go to caravan. The open houses are a joke because they're sold out. And the house is gone. Yeah. You showing up every day, whether it's digitally, through encouragement, through connections, through your own message, through a social media post, through a pop by, through a phone call, that consistency builds trust over time. And if you just believe that and you know that in your, in your heart, all of a sudden, all the opportunities on the other end of consistency. 100%. All of it. All the relationships are there on the other consistency because if you show up every day and they see that and they're going to go, this person works hard. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
it, it's this massive connection. And I, I learned that watching great people. I learned that watching my dad. I learned that watching great loan officers, people that were mentoring me and I was watching. They just showed up every day. Yeah. I remember Zig Ziglar telling me very early in my career, he said, prospecting is like taking a bath. If you don't do it every day, pretty soon you stink. Well, this goes back and to what I said about the people didn't show up at eight o'clock in, right. in the morning. Yeah. I, I'm literally, okay, I'm, I'm on this, I'm doing this thing with my internal group. It's super fun. Road to hundred million. We're trying to get everyone to go from 30 or $60 million. So they're in that range and they want to get to hundred and they go, Alec, how do I have time for all the stuff that you're telling me to do? And I go, I love that issue. What time are you going to be in the office tomorrow? I'll be there. And they go, what do you mean? I work from home. Okay, then I'm, I'll be at your home. What time do you start working? And they go, I, you know, 8.15. <laughs> go, great. I'll be there at 8.05. We can have a little hangout. And then I'm just going to sit there behind you all day. till when do you end your day? And they go, uh, 5.15, is that okay? And they go, yeah. Go, great, I'm just going to hang. Just ignore me. And it's terrifying. <laughs> Because can you imagine, would you, Todd, I mean, I, I know as a coach, as a pre, like, if I just sat behind you all day long, if you just have any, behind anyone you coach all day long, what we find out is that we, we, we aren't really pushing ourselves as hard as we can all the time. And that's okay. We need times to rest too, but yeah. we have more capacity than we think we know. And that's where the consistency and the showing up part just comes. Just, just work eight to five every day and you'll kill it in lending because not everyone does. I love it. Oh, I love it. What a great, great time together, dude. Thank you so oh, much for hanging. And I'm, I'm uh, just privileged to be the first person in the studio. That's I'm now now no one can take that from me. That's right. I have, you are, yep, you I are number one. You yep. were the first. Yeah, you were the first. Yep. I'm going to send you a photo of myself to put on the wall because everyone cares about Tell my photo. Tell me how good you are <laughs> and how much volume you've done. And uh, hey, I just remembered one thing though. I'm sorry. Huh. Um, what? Just it's a final thing. I had to say it, and it slipped my mind. I have a I have a friend that. He's retired now. He's, I think he did like $4 billion in loans as an LO. And <laughs> listen, I said, what was the key to your success? And he said, um, ego, but without the E. <laughs> he goes, drop the E and go. And that's kind of what we said today. Let's just go. How do people get a hold of you? Google. Google. Yeah, just come on, guys. Yeah. Like, every great salesperson out there, if Hang I can't out. find you and instant message you on six platforms in 30 seconds, I, no one's handed business cards out anymore. Yeah. Like, come on. Right? What's about? I'm not even buying them anymore. I'm no. not even doing them. Why? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> I asked me yesterday, do you have a business card? No. And if that's, if that, how do I get a hold of you? Google. Yeah, if you can't, if that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man. Well, I am blessed by you, my friend, and uh, it's been wonderful to watch you win and help others win. And thank you for coming by today. It's been a blast. All right. Man. All right. Cool. Boom. Yeah.